Penn State's 2020 college football season has officially come to a close, but it is certainly going out in style. We'll talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Let's get started. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that's right. Penn State finishes off their season on a four-game winning streak. There will be no bowl game, and one of the top offensive pieces from this year's team is now officially heading off to the NFL Draft. Lots of ground to cover on our first Monday after the conclusion of Penn State's 2020 college football season. Today is Monday, December 21st, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now, of course, we have a lot of ground to get into in today's episode, and I want to make sure you never miss a single episode by subscribing on your favorite podcasting app of choice, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you use to listen to podcasts, whatever you're using to listen to us right now. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and then, of course, leave a rating and a review after this episode. Let us know what you thought about today's episode or the podcast in general. Your feedback really does help us continue to grow this podcast moving forward. And we are moving into 2021. Lots of big things on the horizon, even as we are now embarking on Penn State's official offseason. You can also stay connected with us in a variety of ways by connecting with us on our Twitter account, Facebook page, Instagram account, or on our Twitch channel, all using the same username of Locked On Nittany. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter, a like on Facebook, send us your hearts, I guess, on Instagram, and of course, turn on your notifications so you know when we go live on Twitch. Of course, we've been doing the live post-game reaction streams throughout this season. We did one this past weekend after Penn State's big win against Illinois, and if you are a podcast subscriber, hopefully you got the audio version of that in your podcast feed shortly after uh, that live stream wrapped up. I don't know exactly what we're going to do as far as Twitch is concerned moving forward, but we do have some plans in mind. Uh, So certainly stay tuned for some upcoming live streams on our Twitch channel during the course of the offseason. Okay, so as I said, Penn State is now officially in the offseason. We'll get into the whole bowl decision that was made shortly, or I guess late Saturday night. And I kind of thought that Penn State was going to choose to play in a bowl game. Obviously, that will not be the case. But we'll get into that in our second segment. In our third segment, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Pratt Frymuth, tight end, making his decision to leave Penn State for the NFL draft. I'm going to spoil it right now. Not very surprised by that decision at all, but we'll talk about it in our third segment. Right now, I just want to give some final thoughts on Penn State's victory against the Illinois Fighting Illini, uh, because I really do feel like this was certainly the best possible way to close out the season. Now, we all knew that Penn State had an eight-game schedule in front of them. They got off to the 0-5 start. Went on a little bit of a roll down the stretch, found some confidence. Sean Clifford certainly returned to the starting position, much more confident in his skill and what he was doing with the football. And I think it probably just took some time for Kirk Shiraka to really figure out exactly how to run this offense. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm actually trying to use that as a compliment for the way that this season went along. Obviously, things were pretty rough for those first five games. There's no question about that. But I felt as though that we started to see things come together. And yeah, I will say the schedule did get easier. They certainly threw Penn State some advantages as far as difficulty of opponent down the stretch compared to the start of the season when you have Indiana, who got robbed of an appearance in the New York Six Bowl game, as far as I'm concerned. Ohio State, who's obviously going to the college football playoff as the Big Ten champion. 
And then, of course, um, you know, you had an Iowa team that turned out to be really good as well. Um, you know, can't really excuse the Maryland game. And at least there was some fight in the Nebraska game. But, yeah, I do feel as though the schedule certainly got easier. But Penn State had to take advantage of that. And they certainly did. You know, going on the road and winning the way they did against Michigan was was very good to see. And then, of course, following that up with game, with wins against Rutgers and Michigan State. Yeah, Rutgers and Michigan State aren't all that great this year. <laughs> there's no I, there's no question about that. But I feel as though Penn State uh, really took it to them and really, well, obviously, first half against Michigan State was pretty rough. But I do think that you know over the course of 60 minutes, you saw that Penn State showed why they actually are the better team. And it was kind of a glimmer of what I thought we were going to see more of out of Penn State this season. But I guess better later than never. And I do think that there's something to be said about the way that things started to come together, the way that the, the offense started clicking uh, down the stretch. Jahad Dotson, <laughs> incredible performance. I know I was really pulling for him to get the school record for most uh, receiving yards in a single game. He obviously falls short of that, but 189 yards on six catches, two touchdowns. You're talking about a 75-yard touchdown to open up the game. I think he, the second touchdown he had, I think might have been a 70-yarder, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere along there. But I, I think that he certainly has had a terrific season. Uh, and he was one of the, obviously, bright spots from the start of the season and it really shined down the stretch here. Uh, it, absolutely incredible. I don't know what the future is for him, but certainly the way that he finished the season was really good to see. And I do think that we saw some glimpses of what some of these other younger players are going to be able to do. Kevon Lee, 85 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, Kazai Holmes scored a couple of touchdowns, got 77 rushing yards. Uh, Lee with a 15-yard rush, uh, Holmes with a 22-yard rush. Joseph Bruno breaking in with a 20-yard run at one point. And that was good to see Penn State, uh, as far as the running game was concerned, which compiled 253 rushing yards. Uh, and it wasn't led by your quarterbacks this time. Will Levis, 38 yards. Sean Clifford, 11 yards. Yeah, they were involved, but they weren't your leading rushers. And that's what I wanted to see, I think, from Penn State moving forward. So I thought there was a lot of positives that you could take from this game against Illinois. And I know Illinois was kind of a program that uh, had no reason to be playing, certainly uh, the the way that the past week had gone with the firing of Lovey Smith and you know you didn't know exactly what the mental state was going to be and kudos to Illinois for, for coming out and playing in that first quarter you know 21 21 after the first quarter uh, it looked like it was going to be a back and forth kind of game all night long obviously Penn State took care of business from then uh, really clamped down on the Illini that Illinois offense wasn't really able to do anything the rest of the night after that first quarter so that was good to see i think from the defense just finding a way to get weather the storm from a team that was probably going to come out a little bit emotional a little bit inspired and maybe that gives them a little flash early on and it certainly did for illinois but i thought that penn state really handled that well and really adjusted throughout the course of the next three quarters and that's why you're talking about a 56 to 21 victory here on a monday and of course this is the final game of penn state season because later on saturday night uh, after we did our live reaction stream where I, I said that I, th I had a feeling that Penn State might accept uh, a bowl invitation should it be coming their way. And I absolutely felt like as long as Penn State wanted to go to a bowl game, they were going to be going to a bowl game. There was no question in my mind. It was just a matter of which bowl game that was going to be. But of course, after we uploaded the live reaction stream, we found out the news that Penn State has officially decided that they are not going to uh, accept any bowl invite. Now, of course, I'm recording this on Sunday evening. We already know what the bowl schedule looks like. We'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, this is the end of the 2020 season. And you know what? It's going to go down in the books as a 4-5 and five record. It's going to go down in the books as a, a losing record without a bowl game. But there is much more to the story behind the 2020 Penn State Nittany Lions. And of course, in the coming weeks, we'll take some time to go back and revisit 
each game of the season and kind of rewind and figure out what went right, what went wrong, and what how this season really came to be the way that it is. It's going to be pretty fun to do, even though if we're, we're talking about a losing record, it's still going to be pretty interesting to look back on this season and really figure out exactly what the story of this Nittany Lions team is. So if you have any questions or you have any comments about that, feel free to chime in with that as we go through this. Probably not going to do it this week. We may do it next week. We may just hold off until after the new year. I don't really know exactly when we're going to start rolling out, but that's definitely something we will be doing very soon. You know what else I think I'm going to be doing very soon? I'm going to find some time to chill. I know we've got Christmas coming up at the end of the week. You might have it a little bit of an extended holiday weekend. And that is the perfect opportunity to sit back, unwind at the end of the holiday season, the end of the football season, and then just soak it in and chill. And what better way to chill than with the beer that is made to chill? And that, of course, is Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered. It's cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. And of course, it is best enjoyed to chill because nobody likes drinking warm beer, right? And if you are getting together with family this weekend, make sure you have cold Coors Light ready to go to share with the family. And you don't even have to leave your house right now to get a fresh supply of Coors Light. All you have to do is bring out your phone, Go under your laptop, whatever the case may be, and go to get.coorslight.com and find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And of course, as always this holiday season, remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Penn State may not be playing in a bowl game this year, but the bowl action begins tonight. And if you're like me, you're going to be soaking in as much of that as possible. And maybe you want to make a couple bucks along the way as well. We're going to try and help you do that. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for our free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code of LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Now, of course, this is Monday. We've got a Monday night football game in the NFL. The Steelers are a two-touchdown favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals. I kind of like it. I think the Steelers are due for a bounce back, so I think I might be riding with the Steelers. But, of course, I'm going to be focusing on the college bowl action, which begins tonight with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Got Appalachian State, a three-touchdown favorite against North Texas. Appalachian State has been very good to me the last couple of years. I think going back to that Penn State game that they had in that opener a couple years back, I've been riding with Appalachian State pretty often. I'd be very inclined to do that again with this Myrtle Beach Bowl. And, of course, if you're looking ahead to tomorrow with the Tuesday games, we've got the Boca Raton Bowl with BYU, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against UCF. I don't know what you am going with that line, but I love the over of 71. So there's just a couple of uh, quick picks from me if you're interested. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code of Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And since we're on the subject, I might as well throw out a recommendation for our brand new podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Bets. That's right. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I hope you consider subscribing to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast because, yes, we're in the Penn State offseason, but we're going to still touch base on everything that's been going on with the football program. There's still lots of storylines to follow in the offseason. Of course, one of the big storylines is what's going to happen with the roster, with some players deciding to, whether or not to go to off to the NFL. We'll get to that in the next segment. But of course, right now, we're focused on exactly what the plan is for the offseason because, as we know, late Saturday night, hours after Penn State put the finishing touches on their big victory against Illinois, 
Illinois. The team came together and decided that they've had enough this season. They are ready for a break and they will not be accepting a bowl bid to go on to whatever bowl game is out there. Now, again, the bowl lineup is already set, so we already know what the matchups are. I don't know exactly where Penn State would have fit into the bowl equation. It looked as though the Duke's Mayo Bowl was one of the popular picks. The Music City Bowl in Nashville was also a, a bowl game that looked like it was getting some traction as far as a possibility for Penn State. Uh, but with so many teams in the Big Ten deciding to opt out, I think only three or maybe four teams in the Big Ten decided to go in play a bowl game. One of them, of course, being Ohio State in the playoff. But Indiana's going to a bowl game. Northwestern's going to a bowl game. I forget as the time I'm recording this whether or not Michigan decided to go to a bowl game or not. But bottom line is a lot of teams around the Big Ten opted out. We saw some teams from the ACC. We saw a couple from the Pac-12 decide to opt out, including Stanford and USC. Uh, some teams in the ACC included Boston College and Pitt. Uh, Syracuse, I believe, was one. and uh, Or and actually, no, the Virginia and Virginia Tech schools, uh, they opted out as well. So uh, we saw we saw the trend developing. You know, we, we talked before about players opting out of bowl games. Well, in this year, it's been a really tough year for everybody. And I think a lot of schools and a lot of players came to the realization that They've had enough. They, they put in their sacrifices. They've done this for the last couple months now. Uh, they've done everything that was asked of them, uh, and they're ready for a break, and they deserve a break. And, and obviously, uh, a bowl game is supposed to be a reward for hard work during the course of the season and a reward for the success that you've had on the field. And obviously, the NCAA uh, lifted the the win minimum to participate in a bowl game. Everybody was bowl eligible. Uh, so Penn State, even at 4-5, and five, would have technically been bowl eligible if you want to look at it that way. But of course, uh, with everything that's been going on this year, uh, certainly it was going to be very interesting to see what Penn State's decision was. And I kind of had the idea that they would be ready to accept a bowl bid and get a chance to finish this season off with a 500 record. But at the same time, we've heard the comments from head coach James Franklin about how it's been personally tough on him. And I'm sure it's the same case for a lot of the coaches, a lot of the players not being able to have contact with your family, uh, you know, in many cases, your friends, you know, people that you generally try to bring into the program and be surrounded by for comfort and support uh, that just has not been the same this year. So I don't know exactly what all the explanations were or the reasoning behind the decision for, and it probably varies from player to player. And there were probably some players that wanted to play in the bowl game, but I think as a team that came together and realized uh, it's time for a break, <laughs> they've, they've put in their work. They've gone through the testing as often as they've been doing it. Uh, and the fact that Penn State was one of the few teams out there that was able to play a full, you know, I'm going to say quote, full nine game schedule. It's really a testament to the kind of sacrifices and work that they put in to making sure that they were as best prepared as possible for this season. You know, I think it was Penn State and Rutgers were the only two teams in the Big Ten that played all nine games that were scheduled for them. So that's a that's a pretty remarkable feat on itself. Uh, so I, I got to say, if they want to want to play a bowl game, they, they're done playing some football for the next, the next couple of months. It's fine by me. And I said this before. I was not going to come on here and criticize any decision not to play in a bowl game. I totally get it. <laughs> I totally understand where they are coming from, and I'm going to respect that decision. Uh, you know that, and hopefully you guys are as well. Uh, so, yeah, it would have been nice for me to be able to have another game to look forward to, another game to prepare for on the podcast and kind of discuss and break down with you guys and maybe bring in a guest uh, focusing on Whoever that opponent may have been, but yeah, I think at this point we're ready to turn the page. I think Penn State players are ready to turn the page. The coaches certainly are ready to turn the page. And I still think that 2021, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen just yet, but here's hoping that even if we don't get back to what is supposedly normal 
<laughs> a, a normal routine. Hopefully now everybody's at least prepared for the kind of environment and the kind of processes we're going to be dealing with. So it is way too early to project what's going to happen in 2021. For right now, we're still looking forward to Penn State's next game, which I believe is September 4th, I want to say, of 2021 at Wisconsin. Uh, and you're talking about a, ske a schedule in September that will include a road game against Wisconsin, a home game against the defending MAC champion Ball State uh, Cardinal, and uh, follow that up with a home game against Auburn. And then you get a home game against Villanova. Assuming those games all stay on the schedule, that's going to be a pretty fun September. Here's hoping we get a chance to see that as it is currently scheduled. So again, way too early to figure out exactly what's going to happen. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to start heading in the right direction. Obviously, vaccines are going out. We're not going to get political or anything, but changes are coming. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so things could very well be in a better situation by the time the Big Ten is ready to put together whatever next football season is going to be. And I'm hoping that it's going to be a full season. I think we all are. And I think we're all hoping that we are able to see fans get a chance to go back into the stands one more time uh, in Beaver Stadium. Don't know what's going to happen. I'm saying there's no guarantees, but I'm optimistic. And until, prove, until told otherwise, that's what we're going to prepare planning with as far as Penn State is concerned. So no bowl game. Uh, no, it's a shame. It, it is a shame because I feel like this team deserved a chance to play one more game and maybe uh, get to 500. But hey, I totally get it. If, if they feel like they have put in the work and they're they ready to end the season on a high note, I, they are. They are ending the season on a high note as far as we're concerned. You know, it, like I said earlier, it it's going down in the books as a four and five record. But there's much more to this story than what that win and loss total is going to tell for future generations. If you look back on the season, look at how things started, look at the, the players that were no longer available to Penn State. There is a lot to be proud of with this Penn State program moving forward, and that would not have changed with a bowl game or not. So I'm here to say if they don't want to play the bowl game, I am all for that. And hopefully you guys are as well. Hopefully, I know there's going to be some people that you know take this a different way and feel differently. But to me, it makes a perfect sense not to play in a bowl game, not to go through this anymore. Get a break. Get, go home for the holidays. Spend some time with the family and some friends. And hopefully everybody can come back and we're ready to go for whatever's going to happen in the spring semester. All right, that's what I think about that. Let me know what you guys think as well. Also, keep in mind that tomorrow, our Tuesday episode, is our Twitter Tuesday uh, edition of the podcast. So if you have any questions, now is a great time to submit them to us on our Twitter account, at LockedOnNittany. If you have any questions about Penn State, the Big Ten, the bowl games, whatever the situation may be, if you have any questions, any thoughts and comments that you want to share and have them heard on the podcast, and I'll react to them, now is a great time to do that. Make sure you send in your comments and your questions right now on Twitter, at LockedOnNittany, and we'll make sure to address them in tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, I feel like we've been doing this long enough where I feel like we've got a little bit of a relationship. We can trust each other, right? I'm going to admit to you guys right now, it's the holiday season, and I've probably been eating a few too many cookies and a few too many chocolates over the past couple of weeks, and I don't see that changing over the course of the remainder of this week and going into next week, going into New Year's. This is a time when I indulge, but now is also a good time to remember what you need to do to get back on track because maybe you're making those New Year's resolutions right now, and the best thing to include in that New Year's resolution as you try to stay fit and try to stick to a diet is Built Bar. That's right, Built Bars. They are the protein bars that taste just like chocolate bars. You can work them into any kind of diet you've got going on right now, whether you're looking to lose or maintain weight, or you just need something that's going to help keep you feel full during the course of your workday, maybe going into a workout, maybe even a post-workout. 
protein bars that taste like chocolate bars, you cannot go wrong with that. And check out some of the flavors that they have, including some of their original flavors like mint brownie and toffee almond, coconut. You know I love the peanut butter brownie. I'm a big fan of the orange chocolate flavor. And of course, they've added some more recent flavors, including lemon almond cheesecake. There's a whole lot to dig into, and they always have something special out there depending on the season right now. So just check out what they have available on their website. So go to BuiltBar.com and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, they'll even throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So get this, you're getting protein bars that taste like chocolate bars. They're gonna help you lose or maintain your weight. You're gonna save 20% off by using the promo code Locked On, and you'll even get a free cooler as long as supplies last. So use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions for continuing Penn State coverage as well. So now that Penn State's 2020 season is over, we're going to begin turning the pages and figuring out exactly what's going to happen in 2021. But before we do that, we need to figure out exactly who's going to be returning for Penn State in 2021. And one of the things we'll obviously be doing in the coming weeks is taking a look at each of the different position groups on this Penn State roster, figuring out what went right, what went wrong in 2020, what can be built upon going into 2021. Obviously, that was a good time to take a look at some of the incoming recruits and figure out exactly how they're going to fit into the picture as early as next fall. Again, this is all assuming that we're going to have a little bit of a normal season next year, or at least more normal season. But of course, right now, one of the things that we can do is start to take a look at all the players that are not going to be coming back. And among the most notable players that we know is not coming back to Penn State in 2021 will be tight end Pat Fryermuth, who on Sunday officially declared early for the NFL draft. So he is not going to be coming back to Penn State next year. He's going to be going into the NFL draft process, getting ready for the NFL draft in the spring. And this is not a shocking development one bit. It wasn't even all that long ago, it feels like, when we found out that Pat Frymuth was going to make the decision to play for Penn State in 2021. You know, Shortly after we learned that Michael Parsons was opting out so he could focus on his NFL future, Pat Frymuth seems like an ideal candidate, or maybe not an ideal candidate, but a likely candidate to maybe explore that similar path, getting ready to focus on the NFL draft. He obviously interrupted a James Franklin interview on the Big Ten Network the day that the Big Ten announced that it was coming back, revealed the schedule and everything, and he kind of confirmed on Big Ten Network Live that, uh, he, yeah, he's going to play some football this year. And things didn't get off to a great start for him, really, anybody on Penn State's offense. So, he, obviously, he, he definitely did not have the season that was anticipated that he would have for a variety of reasons. And then, of course, he got injured, had to undergo surgery, out for the season. It was best to allow him to get that out of the way so he can recover and use as much time to recover as possible so he is ready to go and get training for the NFL scouting combine because he's very likely to be among the top tight end candidates or prospects, I should say, going into the NFL combine circle uh, circuit going into next spring. Uh, so having him at the as top of the game as possible is obviously a big deal. So um, again, it may not hurt him in the grand scheme of things because he's going to be okay, I would imagine. 
but certainly you're talking about one of the top tight end prospects on the recruiting boards for next spring. It made total sense for him to move on and get ready for the NFL. And Penn State has put together a pretty strong lineage of tight ends. I've talked about this before on the podcast, and I'm sure this won't be the last time. So uh, it looks as though Pat Fryermuth is going to continue on that legacy, and then we'll see what happens with the position moving forward. But I, I think the tight end position is going to be okay for Penn State, and I think Pat Frymuth uh, is going to be a pretty decent NFL prospect. Very much looking forward to seeing what he does at the next level, and obviously wish him the best of luck with the continuing recovery process, getting ready for that combine circuit, and the NFL draft cycle that's to come after that. Uh, so I think he's going to be a pretty decent prospect for some NFL team in need of a tight end. And again, his decision, not at all shocking. I think a lot of people kind of expected that. So the big question now is who else is potentially going to decide to leave and go into the NFL draft circle. The first name that comes to my mind is Jahad Dotson coming off a stellar junior season. Uh, like I said, he had a fantastic game to close out this season. Uh, it would not surprise me one bit if he is one of those players who strongly considers leaving for the NFL draft next year. Now, of course, it is important to remember that uh, the NCAA has adjusted the, the eligibility as far as your your, your years of service. So you everybody's getting an extra year of eligibility. So if he wants to come back next year, that'd be great for Penn State because I do think the wide receiver position is certainly improving. But it's going to be something that we're going to continue to monitor over the coming days because I would imagine a decision will probably be made relatively soon, especially if he is one of those players that is going to decide to leave for the NFL draft. But we'll keep an eye on it, as we always do, and we'll certainly update you guys and with some provide some feedback and commentary on it if and when any decision is made by Jahad Dodson. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing and reading and reviewing on your favorite podcasting app and following us on all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNitney. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, we will take a look at your Twitter Tuesday questions and your comments. So get them sent in today and we'll make sure we address as many as we possibly can in tomorrow's episode. And that's going to do it for me. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Don't forget to check out my college football commentary on AthlonSports.com. And you can also check me out on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Kevin McGuire. Until next time, everybody, have a great Monday. It's going to be a short week for many of you. And it may even be pretty hectic. So, again, make sure your supply of Coors Light is ready to go. And make sure you find ways to just sit back, relax, and enjoy the moment as much as you possibly can. So have a great day and talk to you guys all again tomorrow.